Welcome to the Gingsberg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsberg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsberg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Good morning. Very warm welcome to you on this December 31st, 2023. Let me be one of the first to say happy new year. Thank you. I'm Pastor Dennis. Good to see each and every one of you. Welcome to those worshiping online and welcome to those who are visiting from out of town. You're back home. Welcome home. It's good to have you here as we gather. And special thanks to those who came out on Christmas Eve. What a marvelous, marvelous service we had. Series of services on that day. Around 3,000 people experienced Christmas at Gingsburg this year, but more importantly, the Holy Spirit fell in a very precious way many lives were touched and for that we say to god be the glory to god be the glory today the sunday on the other side of christmas day the other side of christmas some preachers call this low attendance sunday but we're going to say this is the high sunday because god has some things for us today and what do you think of that student band incredible And, and, and what a joy, what a, what a joy it is to have Keith Partridge and his family. Keith, our new student director, we're just grateful for him. And uh, I'm looking forward for you getting to know the Partridges over the next months and years. So today, we are bringing down the curtain on our current series, The Characters of Christmas. We have been in this series all the way back to late November, and I've preached every one. So if you've been tracking over the past several weeks, even through Christmas Eve and now this last Sunday of the year, we have been having a little fun looking at some of the cultural icons of the season, some of the stories that we grew up with as kids in our culture, and telling some of those stories, but more importantly, using them as a doorway, as a springboard to share the gospel story. And so I pray that it's brought renewal to your life. You've learned some things from the scripture and it's been a blessing, something different, something to remember. So today we're gonna continue on. We hit Charlie Brown last week. Today we're gonna end with the special TV cartoon that I loved as a kid that some of you are familiar with as well, Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman. Some of you are thinking, especially online, what's the pastor going to say about that in church no less today? But let's just remember the story real quick. It was on one winter day, some children put a special top hat on their snowman And in a spell of Christmas magic, the snowman came to life. And Frosty the snowman gave the kids the most wonderful time of their lives. They stayed outside all day and they never got cold. Their sled slid further than it ever slid before. But then as the days got longer and warmer, through a gust of wind, the top hat Of the, Santa, of the snowman blew off. And then Frosty, he waved goodbye. 
He said, don't you cry, I'll be back again someday. Remember the song? Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump, look at Frosty go, sing with me. Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump, over the hills of snow. Some of you remember that as well. Well, the biblical account of the ascension of Jesus Christ, we see that the disciples, in a sense, felt a little bit like the children in Frosty the Snowman. With Jesus over the past three years leading up to this place in Acts chapter 1, they had had the greatest time of their lives. They'd experienced things with Jesus that they had never experienced before. But Jesus was about to leave them. And so one day, 40 days after the resurrection, in a sense, he waved goodbye. He said, don't you cry. I'll be back again someday. The story is found in Acts chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, verses 6 through 11. Now, leading up to this in the book of Acts, Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem for the promise that was about to come upon them, the promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he leads them up to the Mount of Olives overlooking Jerusalem. Now, how do we know that? Because it's not mentioned here in the book of Acts, their location. But we see that from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24, verse 51, I think it is, where we see them at the Mount of Olives when he's ascended into heaven. And let's hear these words from Dr. Luke from Acts 1. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. This is God's word from the Holy Scripture today for us. Let's pray one more time. Holy Spirit, descend upon us once again for mere words from a human or for a clever way of putting together a message can never compare to your work. We gather here as needy people, and now the new year stretches out before us like a field of newly fallen snow. Give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see, give us wisdom to understand, and grant that we might follow you more closely as we enter into the new year, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, in a sense, all of us are like those children in Frosty the Snowman. All of us are like the disciples on the Mount of Olives at the ascension of Jesus. The magic spell is broken. Christmas is over. Oh, yes, for those purists, we're still in the Christmas season. Epiphany is just a few days away. But soon the decorations will come down. The Christmas tree will come down. 
and the diets will begin. <laughs> My downfall this year was I got wrapped up too much into Christmas parties and made that as an excuse to enjoy a lot of extra eating. But now I know it's back to a health plan. It's back to the treadmill. <laughs> it's back to work. For some of you here today, the new year holds much more than a new health routine or new exercise plan. You've lost some things over the last year or some people. You have challenges. Some of you are like the disciples, losing their loved one, losing Jesus, feeling now immobilized, immobilized in the fact that you feel paralyzed, you feel frozen, and you're standing on a mountain saying, how can I move out of here? Some of you have lost loved ones over the last year, and the ache is still just as real as it was weeks or months ago, and you wonder, how can I go on? And so in a sense, just like perhaps those disciples on the Mount of Olives, you want to hold on to the moment just one more time, even though that midnight is coming and the ball is going to be dropping. For Pastor Dennis and Rachel, we're going to celebrate the ball dropping in London tonight <laughs> before we go to bed. <laughs> Around what would that be? Seven o'clock or something like that, you know. But whether we like it or not, it's, it's coming. It's coming. We like to hold on just for this moment one last time. Or maybe it's not holding on to the past of 2023, but it's fear of the future. It's, it's what will 2024 be like? No one really knows. What will the economy be like in 2024? What will the stock market do? How can I parent my kids well? Who's going to win the presidential ele election? I mean, that's before us, right? So a lot's happening. How will we solve new problems that arise? What will be the results of the test that I'm having because of the symptoms I've had in my body? What will the doctors say? How will I face the future? This morning, we may be standing paralyzed, wondering, just like those disciples what the future holds. The angel came to disciples, actually two, they said, what are you doing here? Why are you still standing here? And he gives them promises. And today is a very simple message. You've heard me all month long of December, so I'm going to make this simple, and then we're, for those who want to, we're going to go eat some good old carrion back in the back. But I want to give you three promises I see from the Scripture today as we stand right on the verge of the new year. Promises of God for us today. And here they are. Promise number one. Your life is in the hands of a loving God. Right now, December 31st, 2023. I don't know a lot of things, but I can say this for sure. For every single person here, every single person worshiping online, wherever state you're in, your life right now is in the hands of the one who created you and loves you. Look at verse 7 again from the NIV. Jesus said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by his own authority. I know that some of us would love to know everything that's going to happen in 2024. If you could get a text on your smartphone, a detailed itinerary or an email of everything that's going to happen, you would love for that. Or you wish that someone would just take your phone and enter in all the events. But friends, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We don't know about tomorrow. I remember when I was just a young startup, 22-year-old preacher still in college. I was a senior at Asbury College and took a little church about 50 people in Highland County, and I'd drive, you know, three hours to my church from school every Friday to spend the weekend there near Hillsboro, from all the way from Kentucky, every weekend. And, and I was just so grateful to preach, whether it be 12 people one Sunday or 17 or 50. You know, we were having church growth. We had 50. And I just to talk about Jesus was something else back in those days. And we had the hymnal. Anybody remember a hymnal? <laughs> We had not just the Methodist hymnal. We were a little Methodist church, but we had the Sunday school hymnal. And the Sunday school hymnal was the hymnal everybody wanted to sing out of because they had all the good old gospel songs. And there was one song, and I haven't, I haven't sang this song for years, but it was called, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. And it said, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Many things about tomorrow, I don't know, but I know that I go into it, God holding my hand. So it comes down to a matter of trust. Do we really trust God? You know, I just recently read one of the most trusting creatures in the world. They're not humans, but there are pets. There are animals. The pet lovers will will know that. David Letterman, several years ago, he had one of his top 10 lists, and he he gave top 10 reasons why your dog is better than your spouse. (laughs) And one of those was that the later you get home, the happier it is for your dog to see you. (laughs) Even my cat, cats seem to be shy, is the most trusting creature on planet Earth. That cat allows me to just love on her often, most of the time, you see, because she trusts me. Here's the question. Do we trust our master? Do we trust God as much as our pets trust us. Let me just go on to say that you cannot be, I cannot be a follower of Jesus without trust. This whole faith thing, it's not blind faith, but it is faith. There takes some trust. And God says, I just want you, you don't know the future, and that's good, but I just want you to trust me. I want you to grow in this trust. Again, I'll just use a personal illustration. Do you think as a 22-year-old preacher, in a little country Methodist church in Highland County. Some of you don't even know where Highland County's at. It's, 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 it's around. It's south of Washington Courthouse. From Zanesville, Ohio. Do you really think that at 22 years old, that if God would have said, you know, in 32 years, Dennis, you're going to be the senior pastor of the largest Methodist church in Ohio? You think I could have handled that? You could, see, I couldn't dream that big. That wasn't on the agenda. And if I knew that, I wouldn't be able to handle it. My ego would have exploded. God wouldn't have matured me to go through the steps that I needed to take. That wasn't the goal. The the goal wasn't at all some position or even self-glory. It's when we give our lives away, when we humble ourselves. 
I mean, my high school friends, they're still surprised I'm even a pastor, you know? But when we humble ourselves, that's the advice I give to all people, especially pastors. Just, just share Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things in time and his way will be added unto you. I have a friend who is, uh, his name's Dr. Dan Wells, young, young friend. He's just in his early 30s. I've, I've known him when he was just a kid. And I've been in touch with him and followed him. I actually appointed him when I was a superintendent to the church he's at in Dresden, Ohio. Dresden, Ohio is in eastern Ohio. Uh, some of you have heard of the Longenberger Company. Remember when they were big before they went under? That's the hometown of that. He's the pastor of the Methodist Church. But, but Dan's a unique guy. He received just a few years ago his PhD in history from Florida State University. So he teaches some at Duke University and also then pastors a smaller church, a village church in eastern Ohio. When he signs his emails to me and others, his little uh, words, he doesn't say sincerely, Dr. Wells. He, he doesn't say in Christ even. He always uses three words, and the words are this, in his grip, in his grip. And that's where I want to be as I enter into 2024. I want to be in his grip. I want to be in the hand of Jesus. Because that's the great, some of us are all worried about, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? Am I going to find this person or this person? Just be in his grip. Just say, Lord, I, I'm just trusting you. I, I, here I am. Use me in any way. Bring people into my path in 2024 that I never dreamed or imagined. And what happens is when we put ourselves in the river of God's will, then God the, takes us by the power of the Holy Spirit I'm preaching now. <laughs> the places we never dreamed or imagined. 2024 can be the greatest year of your life if you're willing to be in his grip. That's only point number one. I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> I said it was going to be a short sermon, but it may not be. <laughs> number two, when we're in the hands of a loving God, we will experience intimacy with Christ. We will experience intimacy with Christ. Now, you may think this is a strange promise. Here, here they are, Jesus. They just spent three years with Jesus, and they're getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to leave, and yet he's saying, in, in my going, I'm going to be closer to you. No, we're scratching our heads. They're scratching their heads, but he's saying, I must leave, but you are to wait for the promise that's coming. See, we have this view of the ascension for some of us who grew up in Sunday school that this ascension on the Mount of Olives was like a space shot of a rocket ship. And now where is Jesus today? He is on the other side of the moon. He is somewhere beyond Halley's Comet somewhere. But in Jesus going to be at the right hand of the Father, we see the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, Another passage says the spirit of Jesus came and not only was with them, but dwelt within them. Look at the next verse in verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, 
to the ends of the earth. If you know anything about geography here, what he's saying is you're going to be empowered in Jerusalem and that empowerment is going to spread out and there's this, there's this outward circle, this spreading out, first in the region of Judea around Jerusalem, like in the outskirts, in the, in the suburbs of Dayton. Then it's gonna go out into all of Ohio, gonna go out to the United States into the ends of the earth that I am coming to you by the Holy Spirit, that you will experience me in a way that you've never experienced me when we walk these dusty trials together. I'm going to be with you through the thick and thin. And so we, when we experience this intimacy with Christ, no matter what we face in 2024 or what we face in 2023, it can be a marvelous experience. So when we do some reviews, this is the day of reviews. Already on Facebook, I've seen some of my friends, they've posted kind of just a review of the year. How'd it go? People ask you, how was 2023? Now, some of us have had a very difficult physical year. Absolutely no doubt. Some of us have had a rotten year. Some of us have had hurt this year. And what we do today is simply, that's why we're here. We just lay it all down. Here it is, Lord. We just bury it under the cross. Uh, some of you are saying, if... 2023 was a fish, I'd throw it back in. Good riddance. But how was your year really? See, sometimes we have to take a step back to evaluate, to see that God often uses different criteria of how the year was. We may have had a bad year, but ask yourself this question or these questions. Even in the hardships, have I grown deeper in my walk with Jesus? Have I grown in my knowledge of God, my knowledge of the scripture? Have I, have I grown in spite of what's happened to me? Have I grown closer in the family of God with my sisters and brothers in the church? Have I, have I built relationships? Keith was talking about relationships. That's what we want to be here. There are no lone rangers in the Christian faith. This is a community. This is a one another thing right here that we do life together? Have I grown in that? And then have I served God this year, God's people? Have I given myself away? Have I not just loved Jesus, but done something about it? So you may have had a rotten year, but according to God's standards, you could have grown up this year. You could have had a successful year in spite of trials and difficulties. And so we experience intimacy with Christ. That's a promise. And number three, I think the promise would be the words, kind of a frosty, don't cry. I'll be back again someday. One of the angels says in verses 10 and 11, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back, will come back, underline that, will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Now, this is what Jesus taught. He, he was coming back. Even when he was his disciples, they didn't pick up on all this. In John chapter 14, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms and many mansions. 
And if it were not so, I would have told you. Now listen to this. And I go and I prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you will be also. And Thomas says, well, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is saying here, I must go, but in my going, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself. In this early creed of the church that we call in Christian circles the Apostles' Creed, which is a creed, just an early statement of faith of what we believe, we say this, and some of us learn this in confirmation or in other places. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead, the quick and the dead. So he ascended to heaven, but he's not going to stay there. He's going to come again to judge the living and the dead. Who knows, 2024 may be that date that he comes. Hallelujah. Now, some of you are thinking, oh boy, Pastor Dennis, I'm glad that you mentioned that because you see, I've been listening to this preacher out there in Texas somewhere or New York somewhere, and he's got this map that he's put together, or, or I've, been, well, I've been reading this book from Notre Dame and all of his predictions, or, you know, I got this special ancient calendar for the Mayans and all this and all this math. math. Stop. Just stop. Go back to promise number one. What did Jesus say to disciples and say to us? He says, only the Father knows the dates and the times, not us. See, all these passages are a call to holy living today, not date setting. They're a call to holy living, to love today, to choose to serve today, to keep our lamps lit, so to speak, in biblical terms today, to be ready. Because the promise is that Jesus will come, at least for us, in a very personal way. Some of you know that, I didn't mention this last week, that my father, he almost came for my father this week. He, 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 he's been in the hospital, some of you know, and thank you for your prayers for him. But he, he choked at the nursing home and went into cardiac arrest. He, he flatlined for 15 minutes, 15 minutes, and was in CPR for a half an hour. He survived. He's been on a ventilator and then came out of ventilator right before Christmas. And he was talking, no brain damage, hallelujah. The doctor... The cardiologist came in. Some of you heard this on Facebook. Literally came into his, his room with my sisters and others. The cardiologist from Columbus down to Zanesville and said, Bill, you're a miracle. You didn't meet Jesus today, but Jesus was here. And then at the secular hospital, Genesis Medical Center, the largest hospital in Eastern Ohio, pulled out a Bible and read scripture to my dad. <laughs> Jesus is coming for all of us. Are we ready when he comes? I'm way off the script today, but uh, I'm glad to serve as your pastor. What I'm saying is we, we, we're not going to know what, and, and shouldn't know what the stock markets will do, whether or not the Cincinnati Reds will finally win a World Series or even go to the playoffs. Don't spend time in that. 
Simply just trust. Simply say, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know it's good because I'm in your grip. Close with this. David Peterson, pastor for many years in large church in Houston. He was writing a sermon, tells a story, writing his sermon, compulsive preacher, really focused on this message. And his young four or five-year-old daughter, Angie, came into the room and said, Daddy, can I give you a hug? He loved his daughter, and he loved her hugs. She said, he said, yes, you can give me a hug, but could we wait just for about 30 minutes? I'm, I'm finishing this point. I promise we'll have a time of hugs in just about 30 minutes. Is that okay, dear? She said, sure, Dad. I can't wait. She left the room. 20 seconds later, she came back. She ran to her dad, and she gave him a big, what he described as a chiropractic hug, <laughs> a big old bear hug. And he said, thank you, dear, but I thought we were going to wait for about 30 minutes before getting that hug. She says, oh, we are. I just wanted to give you a little bit of coming attractions of what's in store for you in the future. We don't know about the future, but we know because of Jesus that it's going to be good if we place our hands today, church. Can we do that, Gingersburg? In the hands of God through Christ, where all things are possible, and we move out into 2024 with hope. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you and praise you for the gift of this day as we stand on the verge of a new year. We thank you that we don't have to fear tomorrow because you're already there preparing wonderful things for those who love you. Hold us in your grip. Fill us with your power. I pray for every single person in this room and those listening online that you'll keep us all safe tonight as we bring in the new year. And lead us with your hope into 2024 that we might bless others in Jesus' name. For it's in his name we pray and trust. And if you agree, say amen. <laughs> amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.